0: Welcome to TW Now, where we examine today's news and events in light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnell. The October 31 Brexit date has come and gone, and Parliament has been given another extension by the EU. The last three and a half years have been a political roller coaster in both the UK and the EU. Britain, once a key player in European politics and planning, has been sidelined. And the relationship between london and dublin has come under extreme pressure over the border with northern ireland and relationships between london and brussels over the uk's desire to leave the eu have become more strained than ever before put simply britain wants to leave the eu and the eu will not let it unless on its own terms the uk has been trying hard to change that and now seems to be succeeding The UK Parliament has effectively ceased to function along normal party lines, as those who want to stay in the EU, across all parties, have fought against those wanting to leave. Division, vitriol, paralysis have become the order of the day, and a general election has now been called for December 12th, when the electorate is expected to exact its vengeance, and which is hoped will break the logjam and lead to a functioning British government once more what does the future hold for the UK and the EU? Today's guests have been watching the Brexit situation closely and will provide you with powerful insights from your Bible. I'd like to welcome back to the studio today Dr. Douglas Winnale. Dr. Douglas Winnale is a writer and a minister for Tomorrow's World. He authored Tomorrow's World's regular column entitled Turning Points in World History and has written numerous articles related to Britain, Ireland and the EU. He's also lived in both the U.K. and in Ireland. So it's good to have you back with us today. Thank you. And I'd also like to welcome back Mr. John Meakin. Mr. Meakin is a Tomorrow's World writer as well and a minister. He's also authored many articles on Europe and Britain, and he brings a special British perspective as a resident of England. He is joining us from England via Skype this evening from his home. Welcome back, Mr. Meakin. For those of you who are listening today, welcome again. It's good to have you on the program with us. We encourage you to like, subscribe, and share today's program. And if you have any questions today, feel free to message us and we'll try our best to get to a couple of your questions. Mr. Meekin, let's go ahead and jump in and begin with this topic. Can you give us and give our viewers a bit of a background in regard to Brexit? Where are we now? What has happened in the Brexit situation, especially in the last couple of months and weeks?
1: Well, good good evening to you and also to our guests. A pleasure to be back with you. Um, Well, I'm going to say something that I don't think I could have said just, what, two weeks ago. Because the next thing that Britain faces is a general election on uh, December the 12th, just as you very ably just said. But two weeks ago, um, uh, Parliament was tied in knots really over the issue Uh, instead of uh, functioning like a normal parliament on all sides. They were all ranged against the Prime Minister Boris Johnson in their attempts to stop him from calling an election because they thought he would win it. (laughs) So we can't have that, can we fellows? Uh, And so they were all uniting to stop him. They were all uniting to stop the so-called no-deal exit and um, it was just going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, two weeks ago, that changed. Now, the next thing on the agenda is a general election.
0: So what's the point of this general election? How is that supposed to improve the political situation there in Britain?
1: Ah, well, the, the the truth of the matter is that Boris, though he is the elected leader of the Tory party, he has absolutely no, no uh, majority. He has zero majority. And so there, there's nothing that he can do, no legislation that he can get through. Uh, without the um, cooperation of the other parties so in order to break that logjam uh, and really to restore the parliament to its normal functioning what we have needed is a general election and if parliament can't get its act together then in the final analysis in our system you appeal to the nation you appeal to the electorate uh, to elect a new parliament hopefully giving someone a majority so that they can actually uh, move forward with the legislation that they have to offer.
0: Let me ask you one more question in relation to just the Brexit events of the last few weeks. The European Union has granted another extension to Britain until January 31. So basically they've given them three more months to figure out some kind of a plan to propose to the EU again to try and leave. Where do we see that going? What's happening with that right now?
1: Well, this is one of the big breakthrough moments. Uh, How many months, uh, even into the years, have we been told by the EU that once they offered this withdrawal agreement, they would never re-enter it, they would never change it? Well, Boris came along and he said, well, actually, I believe they will. Uh, And so he put a revision to the EU and under the pressure of the deadline approaching, they eventually gave way uh, and then they have actually offered a revised uh, withdrawal uh, agreement. So that was really one of the big uh, factors, one of about four big factors that uncorked the blockage. Uh, the other one, uh, that, in other words, granting a flex tension, a flexible extension to January allowed enough room to have a general election. Well, then, secondly, Labour dropped its opposition to a general election because they felt that it was no longer necessary. The other two parties fell into line. Uh, and so that all happened basically in a 24-hour period of time. And then um, a new speaker uh, has now been appointed. The old one has gone. And uh, around that same time, while still a deputy, uh, this uh, uh, deputy speaker uh, took control. And he returned the chamber to the normal rules based um, operations, which the previous speaker i 'm afraid was running uh, like a coach and horses through them, so all of a sudden it was like a huge you know dam breaking, and all of a sudden there was movement and uh, and then uh, a general election so we 're all looking forward to it it 's going to be occupy the, the whole nation uh, and is already um, doing so as each of the parties puts their platform. Now, the thing about that general election it, is that it is by no means certain who will win it. Yeah. Um, we hope, and I say we, I suppose the nation hopes that Boris will ring it, win it, because Boris is about the only person with the, what would you say, the charisma, the chuzpa uh, the political clout uh, to make it possible. He, he's even got to the point of having a revised uh, agreement. But there are a number of obstacles before we can actually leave. They are very simply that first of all the EU 27 nations must ratify this revised agreement and everyone has to do that. It has to be uh, everybody all on the same page. And then secondly, after the election, Parliament in the UK will debate this revised withdrawal agreement and they have to pass it as well. And so really the general election is not the end of anything it's in fact the beginnings uh, of movement but there's still a long way to go and a lot of really important decisions and then once we're out there's another whole year after that um, as Britain then negotiates a new trade uh, agreement with the um, EU so it's all out there still uh, but we're moving in that direction thankfully
0: A lot of turmoil, it sounds like, and and not a lot of hard decisions, and not a lot of direction yet going forward.
1: Um, By direction, if you mean uh, clarity in where Parliament stands, no. Mm. But behind all of that, this is really very, very important to state. When Mr. Cameron, Prime Minister Cameron, in 2016 uh, called For this referendum or provided a referendum for the nation. He did not really think that the nation would vote to leave and yet that's what the nation did vote by um, a considerable margin, a substantial margin in a a turnout that was one of the highest that we've ever had and that then really has become the democratic um, uh, decision of the nation in that referendum. The problem is that the current parliament has not supported that. And so we actually have, in the mother of parliaments, an existential crisis Mm -hmm. in terms of our own parliamentary system. It's not Parliament that runs Britain, it's a parliamentary system based upon parties having um, a platform, having a program, having uh, a manifesto which they are offering and then people vote for the candidates who will stand as members of parliament and then uh, the first past the post uh, is the one that forms the government everybody else Mm -hmm. honors that system we have uh, opposition to it uh, and we move forward from there but that is what has been broken Mm -hmm. for these last few weeks and months so there's an awful lot to play for in this election well let me dig
0: a little bit further related to that Dr Winnell did you have a comment?
2: Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned that the uh, people of Britain had voted to leave. My understanding was about 52, 53, 54%, something like that. So about 46 or 47% want to stay. Uh, You know, Margaret Thatcher made an interesting comment in her book on statecraft. And she was talking mainly about the Europeans, but I think it's probably coming coming back to haunt the Brits that the politicians are out of touch with the people that they represent. Is that the politicians like to spend time talking to each other, but they're not out talking to the people. They're not that sensitive to the desires of the people. So I think it appears we see that play out not only in Britain, Mm -hmm. but also in the European Parliament over there. Maybe something else too, just some comments that, uh, again, I'm looking at it as a person from the outside. You're Mr. Inside. Uh, but I did live over there for a period of time. Uh, what's happening in the British Parliament, what's happening in the EU and Brussels, um, is that the, the press picks this up and the press has talked about is the chattering classes. They talk and talk and talk and talk. Um, they are t- excited about what's happening at the moment. What's gonna happen in the next moment? What's gonna happen in the next moment? What seems to be lacking in this whole process is a historical perspective about why this is developing, where it's going to lead, and the chattering classes do not consult a source that has revealed a long time ago what is happening over there and where it's going to lead. And that source is the Bible, with Bible prophecy. Mm. Because these things were predicted a long time ago that if uh, the people of Britain, they don't understand exactly who they are, but if they turn away from God, there is going to be consequences. There are going to be consequences. I can make a few comments later.
1: Okay. Well, let me just go ahead, Mr. Meakin. Well, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, of course. But I'm afraid the thing to say is that God is not involved in this election at all. <laughs> or, more, more especially, God is not being involved by all the politicians and, and the media. That's, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. and. You know, God is simply allowing Britain to go its own way, right. and I think it is getting deeper and deeper into trouble.
2: He's not involved in the process, but he knows where it's going to go.
1: Hmm. Well, and
2: let's let's talk about
0: the the short-term repercussions of Brexit for just a second, a little bit more, and then we're going to jump into some of that long view perspective in the future. Mr. Meakin and, and Dr. Winnell, both of you, as we look at Brexit and what it's done to Britain and what it's done to Europe, how it's impacted both these entities over the last just couple of weeks, but also the last few years. How has how specifically has Brexit impacted Britain? And You've begun to talk about it a little bit with the politics. Perhaps we could stay a little bit more. But also, how has the Brexit process impacted Europe and even Europe's perspective of Britain through this? Mr. Meakin, go ahead.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, these are big questions. (laughs) Um, The whole Brexit saga in Britain really has a very long history, and it goes back to when uh, Britain first tried to join the... the earlier version of the uh, European Union. And de Gaulle, uh, President de Gaulle of France said, no, (laughs) no, he did not think we were suitable to join. And I suspect he was right. But the problem was not that so much. The problem was that uh, Prime Minister Heath, who took us into uh, the European community at the time, denied that it was a political thing. He said, oh, no, no, it's just an economic thing. So, a lot of the British, deep, deep down, going a long way back, feel betrayed that they were taken into something um, which was misrepresented against their will. And, you know, what Mr. Cameron tried to do amounts to a measure of healing that long term problem. Now, okay, uh, we voted to leave. Um, that's consistent with the British character, and uh, the global reach, it's rather Churchillian. Churchill did not see Britain being um, consumed within Europe, he saw uh, one leg would be Britain and the Empire, another leg would be Europe, another leg would be America, another leg uh, would be Russia, but not subsumed in Europe. And uh, Britain, I think, just in the way its psyche is, is better functioning outside than inside. So You could say that Brexit successfully concluded with us on the outside as an independent uh, nation able to establish its own trading um, relationships, its own policies and all the rest of it would be good for Britain and healing for Britain. That's looking at it from that point of view. Mm -hmm. It's also risky and uh, that's another thing we could pursue. But then the other leg of your question which is so important is that Britain has been part of the EU for how many years now? 40, 50, 60 years or something. It is intricately entwined with Europe it's to such an extent. You just can't break it afree free just like that. And therefore what Cameron offered was in one sense completely unrealistic because it implied that you could. And what we're seeing is just how how complicated and difficult it is and how really it will take years to properly do it. Mm. So, there is an ongoing impact which is negative overall to the EU in the sense that we're a big slice of their budget walking away, uh, mm. we're taking our billions with us. Uh, we're also the financial centre, they want to claim that back. Uh, we would also want to reclaim control over our coastal fisheries. That's another thing that we can argue about. So, it's going to have a big impact on the EU as such. And it can also be a contagious um, example for those EU nations Mm -hmm. such as Italy and perhaps some of the Visegrad Eastern European nations who are not entirely happy at all with the sort of uh, undemocratic, dictatorial, bureaucratic ways that the EU is known for.
2: Mm. In reading through some of the articles dealing with Brexit, uh, I came up with four things that it's doing to the country and also Europe. One is the dividing the country. You know, Jesus Christ mentioned in Matthew, the house divided cannot stand. We're seeing Britain torn apart with half of the country wanting to stay, half wanting to leave. Um, You know, the same thing's happening in America where we've got half the country is very liberal, half of it is conservative. Um, So the, the division is taking place. It's also driving a wedge between the UK and Europe generating anger over there. There's an article uh, in one of the papers over here about uh, the uh, former head of the European Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, and he's talking about the stupid nationalists that are in love with their own countries. Now that could be Britain, it could be the French populist, it could be the people in Italy, it could be the people in, uh, in some of the other countries over there. Uh, but it's driving this wedge between Britain and the Europeans in part that the Europeans don't want them to leave, but if they do, as Mr. Meekin said, it uh, could be contagious, and other people will want to do the same thing because they are nationalists in all of the countries. Mm. When I was living over there, just to take the, the UK for an example, uh, you know, the Brits were viewed as kind of stiff upper lip. Uh, the Irish were viewed as kind of a fun-loving group of people. The Scots were these very dour people that are very serious, and so on. And the Welsh, are this this mountainous group of people over there, that are pretty rebellious. Uh, from the from a distance, it looks like well, all the the all the people in the U.K. are the same. But when you get over there, there there's differences. And the same thing in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, the Germans are very efficient. They do things very in an organized way. But not everybody likes to do things in an organized way. <laughs> Mm -hmm. The Dutch are are very careful. Very interesting book came out a number of years ago written by an Italian uh, journalist, Luigi Barzini, entitled The Europeans. And it's interesting, this is probably hate speech today, but uh, in describing the different countries, he talks about the elusive Europeans, that this is an idea. The imperturbable British, the mutable Germans, he says the Germans have a tendency to change over time. Uh, You know, it was a nation of watchmakers that became this military scourge that rolled all over Europe. Talks about the quarrelsome French. It talks about the flexible Italians, the careful Dutch, and the baffling Americans. We don't know what they're gonna do. Um, But I think what's happening over there is some of these deep-seated differences are coming out mm-hmm. with the anxieties that are being created, but it's also disrupting the efforts of the European elite to create a United States of Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons they don't want the Brits to leave. Another uh, impact that it's having on the country over there, and Mr. Meek, maybe you can comment on this, talks about a shattering of the UK national identity. In other words, we don't know who we are anymore. Uh, at one time, the Brits had an empire that spread all around the world, and they had a mission of spreading uh, Judeo-Christian values, uh, freedoms, uh, various things, kind of uh, spreading civilization, so to speak. Now, that's not a popular term today, but it actually happened. Uh, Prince Charles made a comment to a group of historians a number of years ago. He said, if you don't know your history, you don't know who you are. I think many Brits today don't realize who they are. They are literally the descendants of the Israelite tribes that have scattered around the world. And when you look at Bible prophecies in Genesis that they were to become a blessing to the entire world, and there are people that will have issues with that, but by and large they have been. There are people, there are some of the the nations in the Commonwealth would like to get back into the Commonwealth, because they find out it worked a lot better uh, under the commonwealth. Yes, there were problems. But they've lost their identity, and as Margaret Thatcher mentioned in her book, with the loss of the empire, they lost their sense of mission. They lost their sense of purpose. And one of the reasons for getting back into the EU was that uh, part of a bigger uh, organization, they would regain their destiny uh, and be able to influence the destiny of other nations. Well, that's not happening. That's not happening. So there's a lot of things going on, the division of the country, the turning against Europe, or Europe turning against the Brits, Uh, Europe is turning against the Americans. Uh, A lot of divisions are taking place, but these were all prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these Um, things are happening because America and Britain have literally turned away from God. They've violated a covenant mm -hmm. that their ancestors made with God. And the prophecies are there and so says, you do that, you forget me, you turn away. There are going to be serious consequences mm-hmm. and your allies are going to turn against you. Mm-hmm. We're watching these things happen, but this is not something that the chattering classes talk about. Right? It's, it's not something that they're into. Mm-hmm.
1: Mr. Meekin. I was just going to refer to another cute sort of little phrase, which is, if you don't know where you're going, you may end up somewhere else. Mm. And that's kind of a cutesy phrase, but where is Britain going? It doesn't want to be part of the EU. It wants to be separate, distinct, uh, controlling its own destiny, trading with everybody on, on the world scene. But where is Britain itself going? Now, in this election, I think we might find that Boris Johnson is a major player because he has a certain vision of the kind of um, country that he would like to see, and um, you know that's very Churchillian. Um, he's a great student of Churchill, but in none of that really does God figure. And Dr. Winnell's point is, is so important. I remember reading uh, back in uh, uh, Britain at the time of Henry the Eighth, Elizabeth the James the uh, First Shakespeare, uh, when the language of English was really coming into its own through the King James Bible and Shakespeare and so on, and I remember a quote it 's always stuck in my mind, and that was when they were making the Bible, whether it was the King James Bible or the Geneva Bible or the Coverdale Bible Bible, or even going back to Wycliffe, um, making the Bible uh, central to the language of English and to be read in all the churches. The phrase I recall was there's never been a time when Britain was as soaked in the Bible as that time. Now right now uh, the Bible is so dry it's about as far away from being soaked as it ever could be. (laughs) Um, It's not read, it's not read to guide the nation and God's word is to guide the nation. And I'm afraid, largely speaking, and this is why I, uh, Dr. and I agree totally on all of this. If you leave God out of the equation, you are asking for trouble. And Britain morally is on a, a terrible pathway, going uh, ever further away from God. And God has some very stern things to say. So, okay, think of the election. Uh, election could be successful, but see Britain on its way. It could be a failure, it could let in a communist socialist government, which would probably wreck the country for a generation. Or it could be more of the same, all tied up and all jammed up parliament going nowhere. Now is, is anybody going to appeal to God in this situation, mm-hmm. to show his will and purpose and to deli- deliver? I doubt it. And yet that's probably the most important thing you, know, mm-hmm. you, could, you could comment on in the background. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, in Deuteronomy chapter four, it mentions there that God gave His laws to the children of Israel, not to the Jews, but to the children of Israel, 12 tribes there. He gave His laws to them so that they could be a light and an example to the world. And in many cases, it was British missionaries or missionaries coming out of Northwestern Europe that carried a set of Judeo-Christian values uh, all around the world. But also in Deuteronomy chapter four, it mentions there, and then especially in Deuteronomy 28, that if you turn away from me, if you forget me, if you don't teach these things to your children, as Mr. Meekin was saying, that at one point in time, the, the Brits were soaked in the Bible. They were imbibing everything. America was the same, same way. In the 1800s, we had the, um, the, um, the McGuffey readers which were put out, actually put together by a Presbyterian minister. And it was all phrases from the Bible, examples from the Bible, and America too was soaked in those values for a period of time. But in Deuteronomy 28, it said, if you obey my laws, you follow my ways, you're going to be blessed. Your enemies will flee from you. Uh, You will be the head and not the tail. But if you turn away from me, you will become the tail. Your enemies will overtake you. Uh, your allies will turn away from you. And what we're seeing today is these things are beginning to happen as our nations turn away from God. But the press doesn't deal with this. They're unaware of these things, I think, in many cases. And there's going to be consequences because our people are not going to understand why these things are happening. One other scripture, Deuteronomy 28:20, 20, it mentions, if you turn away from me, you will perish quickly your downfall is going to come suddenly. And this is mentioned two, three, four times in Isaiah, and others several times in Jeremiah, that if you turn away, it's gonna be like a wall that begins to buckle and all of a sudden it comes apart. While it may look good on the surface, uh, things underneath are very shaky, Uh, We're going to see some things happening, regardless, as Mr. says, it could go this way, that way, or whatever. But the long-term picture is our nations are going to suffer because they've turned away from God.
1: Mm -hmm. There was a time when um, our system of government in Britain was more directly based upon the Bible. Uh, English common law... uh, uh, and our unwritten constitution based on common law and pres- precedent and legal precedent over the years uh, was a system that ultimately found its its basis on the laws of God, going back a very long way. Now, we've surrendered that in favor of a Bill of Rights and uh, a human rights, uh, but that's not based upon the scriptures. It's based upon what, what you make of it. Uh, and this is impacting various nations, Canada in particular, at the current at the current time. So the, the parliament has lost its way. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, we were talking before we came on air, that the British parliament is the mother of parliament. <clears throat> well, Hosea, I think it is, talks about, you know, Ephraim not realizing there are grey hairs here and there upon him. And it seems to me that the mother of parliament is getting very old and very wizened, and has forgotten how to function. Mm. And uh, another scripture comes to mind really, is, uh, in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also re- will reject you. Uh, and then it continues. Mm. So I think for any nation, it's a huge lesson. And really this gets to the heart of Living Church of God and what we're about. We believe our people's need to turn back to God and repent of their ways and from turning away from God, because that will lead to blessing, that will lead to uh, a a better national direction, travel, a better idea of where we're going and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. And the the important thing is that God is almighty and God blesses those who obey Him and takes away that blessing from those who do not.
0: Let me jump in with a a quick question from our audience, and I think that 'll lead us to a, a little bit more of a discussion, gentlemen, if you can be thinking about some scriptures, some prophetic ideas from the scripture that let us know what 's ahead for Britain and even britain 's relationship with Europe. I'm, I think there are definitely some scriptures there that give us some guidance. but Mr. Meekin, let me ask you this question from our audience. If, the question is, is the e u attempting to frighten the British people into forfeiting support for Brexit?
1: Um, I would say the answer to that is definitely yes. But then so is our own media. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So are many uh, in leadership positions in economic think tanks. Uh, in fact, I was reading a big article today from the Telegraph by Patrick Minford of the, uh, an economist of the Cardiff Business School, who was simply taking all the prognostications of main mainstream media to use a term, and everybody who's predicting the direst co- consequences if Britain dares to pursue Brexit. There is no life outside of the EU. You know, life will cease, trading will evaporate. (laughs) Um, We will go down 10%, this and that. Anyway, by putting the proper parameters in the computer, then this notable economist in a notable business school actually shows you we will be doing very well, thank you. And I think that is actually something which uh, the EU fears, to be honest. Mm. And therefore I think, you know, I know it's perhaps calling them something which they may disagree with, but uh, I just think this is war, frankly, by other means. Mm. And they are mm. out to prevent us from fair means or foul, and dear Boris, for all his faults, has called their bluff.
0: Mm. War by other means. You, you, you push us back to prophecy. Where? What does the Bible tell us about the future of Britain, but also the future relationship between Britain and the Europeans.
2: Yeah, just a couple follow up on some things that Mr. Macon said. In Hosea chapter four, mentions that the Israelite peoples are destroyed from lack of knowledge. In Hosea chapter five, it says, "If you forget me, I'm going to forget your children." And you look at the young people today in Britain, the young people today in America, they're lost. They have no idea where they're going. They've lost their set of values, they don't know what's right, they don't know what's wrong, and there's going to be consequences for that behavior. Isaiah chapter 3 talks about your leaders have caused you to err. Your leaders have caused you to err, they've taken you down a wrong road. They've told you the Bible is just a bunch of myths and stories. They've told you that those Judeo-Christian values in the Bible are outdated, they're not relevant today that you need to be able to accept homosexuality, you need to be able to accept all these things. Uh, The Bible says no, so these things are wrong. And you follow those things, there are going to be consequences. Um, Deuteronomy 28, again, going back to that, if you turn away from me, you're going to eventually go into captivity. Whether this is militarily, whether it's economic, whether it's political, there's going to be consequences. as your allies are going to turn away from you. They're going to turn away from you. In uh, I think it's Deuteronomy. And that's we're
0: seeing that we're in Europe that today. right now.
2: Whenever uh, the uh, head of the European Commission talks about you stupid nationalists, he's talking about Britain. He's talking about the French that want to be more independent. Uh, it's 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 intimidation. You want to push people in a certain direction. Uh, You know, Margaret Thatcher brings out in in her book, she said that uh, the Brits came into the EU under false pretenses. They were told they wouldn't have to give up national sovereignty, but they are being pushed in that direction. They were told there's gonna be no common currency, but there is. They were told that uh, there are no plans for a federal Europe, a big government in Europe. But that's exactly what the plans are. The former uh, Prime Minister of Belgium, Guy Verhofstadt, it says, Europe wants an empire. In order to be big on the stage, we've got to have an empire. The Americas have had an empire. Romans had an empire. We need to be an empire. And they're saying, we need our own army. We need our own army. So they're moving in that direction. Uh, the Bible indicates in Deuteronomy chapter two, and, excuse me, Daniel chapter two, and also in Revelation 17 that there's gonna be 10 kings that give their power, surrender their sovereignty to a central source. And that's probably gonna be led by Germany. Uh, How do we know? The Bible talks about Assyria is gonna be used by God to punish a backsliding people. It's interesting, the book by uh, Barzini talking about the mutable Germans. Now the Germans have been very good at uh, setting up a democracy and republic and things like that over the last 20 or 30 years but they are beginning to push the limits. Um, They want to jump into Syria and basically say, we will become a regulatory power over there. (laughs) And the German press is basically saying, go for it, go for it, go for it. Uh, Barzini makes an interesting comment. He said, the future of Europe appears to largely depend today once again for good or evil, whether we like it or not, as it did for many centuries on the future of Germany. What Germany does is going to impact Europe. The Bible indicates Germany is going to be a major player as we approach the end of the age. Mm -hmm. And we're watching these things happening right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, If I could make a comment on that, there's so much to comment on. Um, (laughs) Germany is uh, the number one economy in Europe. Um, It's also, uh, I think, the most populous in Europe and historically uh since um the german states combined in 1870 and we began if you like a german empire uh, which went through till 1918 um what drove that was the expansionist and particularly the militaristic spirit of the prussians and we forget that when the german empire ended in 19 18 with the end of the First World War, that was the end of also the Prussian Kingdom which had lasted from something like 1701 to that time. Now the Allies really didn't deal with that after World War I and so we had a Second World War and this time they dealt with it. Now what, how did they deal with it? Well they broke up Germany and they banished, they, they erased Prussia and split it up amongst a variety of other places. And then they set about um, democratizing Germany. So when we speak of Germany today, we are speaking about a nation which is made up of all sorts of different elements. But embedded in all that is the Prussian spirit, which has been repressed. It's A lot of people would say it's gone, it's not there. But I suspect it is still there. And I think at the proper time it's going to be awakened by circumstances that begin to threaten Europe and threaten Germany. And you see, the bottom line is that biblical prophecy says we are moving towards the end of the age in which there will be a combination, as Dr. Winnell has said, of 10 nations in Europe. Well, we've got 27 nations all together. How are we going to get from 27 down to 10? I think major things have yet to happen in Europe Mm. in order for prophecy to be fulfilled in that manner. Could Britain be, uh, and a Brexit, and the impact of that, not alone, but working in consort with forces already taking place in Europe, because Europe is in recession, Germany is in recession, we're not. Are we responsible for that? Well, maybe partly, but not, you know, there's structural things in the EU that are not right. And you can read certain reports where Germany don't think they're not thinking their way through all this. I think you will find Germany as at least mm-hmm. contemplating what will we do? Would we walk away from this? And we think they'll, well, they'll chuck us out. Well, will they walk away from 27 in order to preserve uh, a smaller, more cohesive, uh, better organized, stronger uh, grouping of 10? That's something to watch. Uh, I think, even from the point of view of the scriptures. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, the thinking behind the EU, the European Common Market, whatever, was basically to Europeanize Germany, to bring Germany into a bigger group of people. um, In order to
0: prevent Germany from...
2: Right, to to solve the German problem, to make them part of European, of, of, of Europe. And yet what we're seeing happening today is, as Mr. Meekin mentioned, that uh, the Germans have the greatest, biggest economy over there. You've got 80 million Germans in the heart of Europe. Uh, what's happening is that, uh, that the, the Germans are basically Germanizing Europe, not being Europeanized. Mm. I think I, I read, um, an Irish fellow made the comment one time, because it was the French and Germans were going to work together, and they were gonna make everything peaceful. And this Irish uh, politician made the comment uh, that the the German horse has thrown the French rider and headed back to Berlin. Mm. In other words, Mm -hmm. the German is gonna take control. The Germans are a very organized people. They they like order and decency. And if things begin to look bad, they're going to have to, as as I read someplace else, that in the old way we'll have to step in and solve the problem basically taking over. Europeans have always talked about having a core group of nations that will step out ahead of everybody else when things get difficult. So you could have a core of 10 and others associated around it, but that core appears to be going to be Germany.
0: We have come to... And, and here, or we're going Just to, as we're warming up. Yes, yes, and I'd love to continue talking. What I would like to ask each of you to do, and we'll start with Mr. Meekin in a moment, is we, we've talked about a lot of issues this evening uh, related, related to Brexit, Brexit as a catalyst or as a tool to bring some of these events about. What is a takeaway that you'd like to leave the audience with today? What, can, what would you like them to boil out of this conversation
1: today, Mr. Meakin? Oh, I love these little questions. (laughs) Um, I personally hope that this um, forthcoming election uh, can resolve the problem uh, inherent within the way Parliament is currently functioning. I'd like to see a majority. I'd like to see us honour the democratic will of the nation and let's get out of the EU, we'll be happier, and then let's pursue the, uh, the, the trading relation. That's what I'd like. But my, my takeaway, though, is there's an inherent danger in that um, and, and of course, Britain and the EU is only one small part mm. of a global situation mm. in which we're turning away from the, the post-Second World War consensus and uh, uh, ways of doing things with the World Bank and the IMF and all these sort of things. Mm and we are entering a new world of nationalism led you could say by trump and america you could say led by china and the eu is kind of hung up in the middle it's not competitive and fundamental things have got to change it in order for it to achieve its goals we are coming to a time of supreme crisis and our position of a ch- as a church is to say and direct your attention for example to passages like Jeremiah 30 through about 33, where it talks about a time of Jacob's trouble, prophetically. And uh, the last verse verse of chapter 30 says, In the latter days you will consider this. In other words, our time now, when we're on the brink of heading into a terminal crisis of the age of man, which is going to lead to the return of Christ to set up the kingdom of God on earth, there is going to be a worldwide crisis and embedded in that crisis, according to verse 7, is a time of Jacob's trouble. So whether Britain is part of Europe or separate to Europe, it's a time of trouble for the descendants, the modern-day descendants of the uh, house uh, uh, or the tribe of the nation uh, of Israel. And that's embedded with other things like the return of Christ, the resurrection of David, uh, the the regathering of the remnant of Israel to the Middle East. It's it's a grand smash climax. Mm -hmm. And I would like to encourage our readers and our viewers to read up on these passages of Scripture, Jeremiah 30 through 35, and read the abundant literature Dr. Winnale has written as much as anybody on this whole issue. And some really good stuff here that begin to orientate you towards life, in the end times. Thank you, Mr. Meekin.
0: Dr. Winnell, final comments here?
2: You know, Jesus Christ mentions in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, to watch and be ready, to be watching world events, watch for Bible prophecies to become fulfilled. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 28, Moses is writing to the second generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt, and he's warning them about the future. He said, For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt. He's talking about the descendants of uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, which are now currently in northwestern Europe, in the British Isles, in Canada, in uh, South Africa, different places around the world. He says, I know after my death you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I've commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord and provoke him to anger through the works of your hands. God is going to correct very severely a group of nations that have been blessed incredibly. With those blessings come responsibilities and we're gonna be held responsible. So I would encourage our readers to uh, get your nose in the Bible, study these Bible prophecies, read what we've published. You know, we're here to deliver a warning but we're also here to deliver a very powerful message of something very positive that's coming beyond the crisis that we're seeing today.
0: Okay. Dr. Winnell, thank you very much for your comments. Thank you for being on the program again today. You're welcome. And Mr. Meakin, welcome, or thank you, for being present with us today and, and for all that you've had to share. This has been a a helpful conversation hopefully it's been insightful to our viewers today as we watch things unfold in britain and in europe you know although in many european or excuse me although in many excuse me get this straight although many in europe and even in the uk would like to see brexit just go away we've talked about that a little bit it, it won't Britain may finally exit the EU in January, as Jean-Claude Juncker recently predicted. But if it does, Mr. Meekin mentioned that there will be many strings still attached, and its complete departure will be far from over. In the meantime, according to Bible prophecy, bad feelings between Britain and Europe will continue to manifest, and Europe itself will become even more divided and polarized. We've just been talking about this. Brexit is just a symptom of something greater happening on the European continent and around the globe. Those interested in the future of nations should continue to watch world events and watch for both Germany and the Catholic Church to take an ever-growing role in Europe. At the same time, we should watch for Israelite-descended nations, including Britain, many other Western European nations, the US, Canada, Australia, even Israel itself to become an even greater threat to the world and despised more by the world. For more insights into the future of Brexit, the conversation topic today, be sure to check out our free and powerfully insightful booklet, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. It's available for reading or for download at tomorrowsworld.org, probably one of our most insightful booklets. And now we want to thank our regular viewers. We have very much appreciated your interest and your support over the last two and a half years as TW Now has developed and grown. Due to several different factors, today's program will be our last for a while. But let me remind you that we do have extensive archives of our programs over the last few years, most of which are very relevant even today. We encourage you to visit our tomorrowsworld.org website where you can view our library of TWNOW programs and video, and you can also listen to them as podcasts by searching TWNOW on your favorite podcast app. Also, again, we we push you to our our tomorrowsworld.org website where you can find many other Bible and prophecy-related resources. Until we meet again, we encourage you to keep reading, keep studying, and continue growing in your own understanding of the Word of God.